Hey everyone, you're listening to The Unexpected Journey, where we hear the stories of adaptive athletes, adventurers, and disability activists. I'm Tim Brown. This episode is a mid-season bonus episode, a conversation with Kirk Williams following his epic overland adventure in Baja, California. If you haven't already, listen to episode 23 to hear Kirk's full story. So yeah, Kirk, you're back from a, what was it, a month-long trip down to Baja? Ended up, yeah, my Baja trip was supposed to be a month, ended up being closer to two months. I think I spoke maybe in the last podcast about trying to ski this year, and when I was sitting on the beach in Baja, I decided it wasn't worth it. So I stayed down there an extra month and was like, you know, I'll ski next year if I want to. It's too nice down here. Yeah, oh man, I don't blame you at all. So what... um well, like, give me two or three highlights from, from the trip. All right. So Baja, you know, I, I was just excited to get back out in the van and spend some time down in that part of the world, get out of the country a little bit. And right from the get-go, I met some people. I went down solo. You know, I had a buddy who was supposed to come, but it took him weeks more than he expected to get his passport renewed. So he ended up not making it. And so I was solo the whole time. However... I hardly ever felt solo. What do you think? This will work, eh? Yeah, looks good. What's doing? You know, on my first camp, I met a couple from France that have traveled around the world in their van again, and we ended up spending the next like two weeks together traveling, you know, four-wheel drive roads and you know remote beach camps and going fishing and doing all these different things, and then you know spent some time alone and then ran into some other friends that were down there. Got some neighbors. We have made it to San Felipe. One more neighbor there. Mountains. Nice to be here. And so it it ended up being me kind of connecting the dots with both friends I knew and friends I hadn't met before, kind of along the way. And then since you're all going the same direction, you end up crossing paths in the most random places at a laundromat in this podunk little town. You'll run into, you know, somebody you met three weeks earlier at camp and you're like, hey, what's up? So that's the it's the travel magic of being on a peninsula where it just kind of funnels everybody down to this final point where everybody eventually meets and, you know, the worlds collide, so to speak. Did you make it all the way down to Cabo? I did. I made it. I didn't go to Cabo proper, you know, the actual city of Cabo, but I went to Cabo Pomo, which is a wildlife reserve that's kind of on that coast right down at the southern tip. I took probably a month, month and a half to get down there. So really took my time going down because I was with this uh, this French couple that are filmmakers, photographers, and really, we just hit it off really well right from the get-go. Yeah. So we even backtracked sometimes and went up into cactus fields and into the mountains and did a lot of inland Baja exploration that I hadn't really done before. I don't think either of us would have been comfortable doing it solo because there were some uh, four-wheel drive roads and stuff where it just made sense to have two vehicles just in case one gets stuck, you have another to help you know pull it out or whatever. But because we were together and we were all comfortable moving at the same pace that we were moving, it turned out to be just a perfect kind of fit to explore more of the unknown Baja. Um, and yeah, there's there's such cool like Jesuit churches and you know the mountains. This particular trip blew my mind 
just because I knew that the coast was going to be gorgeous and I was excited for that. But I was pleasantly surprised at how equally gorgeous Inland Baja was or is. Yeah. Well, man, that's so cool. Were there any, uh, any like touch and go moments, any hairy moments when you're on the uh, four-wheel drive roads or um, otherwise? You know, the very first camp I got to, so I go through, yeah, actually, here's a, a story. Um, van life central at the border. Dogs, vans, people, dogs, vans. And of course they call, pull everyone with a van and a dog over. So that's me. The border crossing is always kind of the scariest part for everybody going in and out of Mexico. And going through the border this time completely solo with my dog, Maddox, he was really nervous and could just sense that there was tension in the air. And when a border patrol official climbed in the van to just kind of look around, he was basically shaking and on my lap and just didn't know what to do because there's this guy with a military outfit with firearms walking around inside the van speaking a language that he had never heard. I couldn't speak very well. So, you know, eventually we we found out we needed to go inside and I bring Maddox, my dog, with me because I was just worried he was just too uptight to be left alone at that point, I felt like. And we go walking through and, you know, there's like four lanes of traffic and there's a little building to the left with a parking lot to get in. And I'm going up and down and I see a handicapped parking spot, but there's like a 10 inch curb the entire way. And there's no spot that has a gap in the curb in order for me to get in the building. I needed to, to get my immigration paper or my uh, passport papers looked at or whatever it was to get through. So I asked a lady who's working there and I was like, uh, Rampo? And they're like, oh, and they look back and forth and they say, oh yeah, no Rampo. They're like, vamos, you know, let's go. And then so they took me this back way around, up and over. We ended up having to go down a couple steps that this lady's helping me in my chair. And I'm like, how is this a government building that has no way for somebody in a wheelchair to actually get inside? You know, even with handicapped parking signs and a spot for like disabled parking, there's still no ramp to get in. So we end up finally getting in and, and getting the papers and all that done. And she had left and gone back out to her post. And I kind of found my way out. And this time I decided to kind of go out more or less towards like the U.S. side of things and then kind of take one of the lines of traffic where the cars were that, that was currently closed. And so I'm going that way with Maddox. And then I come up and I realize there's like cattle guards that are like, 10 feet, you know, across and I'm in a manual chair with no freewheel. And I'm like, oh God, like, how am I going to do this without having my front wheels fall into these, you know, the, yeah. the gaps, you know, and Maddox is wants to jump and he doesn't really want to step on him either. And I don't want to let him off leash. And this guy with like a, uh, you know, German shepherd is staring at us. Like, what are you doing? You silly gringo. So I end up you know, getting my chair at this 45 degree angle and kind of leaning back and somehow snaking across these cattle guards and making it to the other side across a couple bumps and then wow. back into my car. And we get in the car, I shut the door and I just look at Maddox and I'm like, whew, we made it, buddy. It's it's only going to get easier from here. So, rather eventful, but we are moving. So glad I'm here early. Almost to Mexico. And that was really the only complicated part of the whole trip, but it was it was a little stressful, you know. It's just like a nerve-wracking situation multiplied by having a dog that's nervous, uh, language barrier, having a disability, you know, machine guns, all of the things. It definitely got me a little worked up, but uh, 
but I, so I, you know, I made it through there. I drove another three or four hours to find camp that night. Where this goes, looks like towards the ocean. Hopefully towards a good camp spot that's free and not too sandy. We shall see. And as I pulled into camp, I saw a couple other campers that were there and I rolled down my window and I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I stay here? And he's like, sure, no problem. And I kind of pull forward and as I do, I feel the front end kind of sink into the sand a little bit. And I'm like, hmm, like that felt mighty soft. And the, and the guy looks at me and he's like, that van four wheel drive? And I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, it's a good thing. So I put it in four wheel drive, I go to back up and then the rear end just sinks in the sand. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm stuck. Like there's no way I'm getting oh, out of this. Shit. Very first camp. So I kind of laughed and I, I looked out the window and I said, hey, you know, this is a little embarrassing, but I'm actually in a wheelchair and I can't get my car out on my own. Do you guys mind helping me? dig it out and they looked yeah. and they were like we actually know who you are we follow you on instagram they're like no problem let's let's do this and then that ended up being the french couple that i spent the next like two and a half weeks with i still talk to them on whatsapp all the time and they've they're uh we became super tight friends we spent a long time together and then spent other multiple nights whale watching and doing different things all along baja together um and it turns out they're way way more instagram famous than I am. They're like, in Europe, they're full on celebrities. They have, you know, 100, 100 plus thousand followers there do like YouTube stuff, but they also work for big companies and they do, they're just really awesome people. So it, it just really, even though I got sucked in a way, it was meant to happen at that point with those people there because it brought us together for a, you know, a life, probably a lifelong friendship. So, so what you're saying is it helps to be famous. You roll up and <laughs> no, stuck in the sand and no, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're, it you're doesn't matter. Celebrity, it just, so, it's, yeah. it's less embarrassing when you don't have to explain that you're in a wheelchair and they already know. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. That That's awesome. What about, um, so you, I mean, you traveled with them, but you were like in your van solo. You just, you had Maddox the whole trip. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the logistical side of things, I could go a week or 10 days without getting water. The hardest, most challenging part was showering, figuring out when and where I was going to shower. I took a couple showers on the back of my van. It was actually surprisingly cool and windy this year, a lot colder than years past. And, uh, you know, I was wearing a down jacket for the majority of it to put into perspective. So getting... Oh, wow outside yeah. and not having hot water and showering off the back of my van was not really that much fun at that point because it was freezing. You know, I think each time I go back to Baja, it'll get easier and easier because I found campgrounds that have a shower I can use or a little RV park. And I would go in and pay whatever 30 pesos, so like $2 or something to take a shower. Yeah. But, so like that, you know, I, I kind of did that. Once you get far enough down south, it starts to warm up about half to three quarters away down the peninsula is where it really starts to shift. But I spent probably almost a month above that with Eric and Joanna because they wanted to go up into like some of the cactus forest and spend some time in the mountains. And we made like campfires and it was it was great because I would cook most of the meals myself, but they were already cooking for each other. So a lot of times we would share a dinner. And, you know, as a quad, it's cooking yeah. can be a lot of work just to make simple dishes. So if somebody is willing to help dice things up and cook for you and clean up after you're done, if you feel like you have twice as much time in the day. Yeah, I, I can I can only imagine. 
um, I mean, I, I have been wanting to do more cooking myself actually recently and took trying to look into that. Um, what I was going to say is it sounds like the coolest part of the whole trip was meeting this French couple and just like the people. You it, meet well, yeah. And not just is- them. I ran into at a grocery store, this other couple that travel in a tundra it's mac and i went they're known as bound for nowhere is their whole tag but they've been living on the road for seven or eight years now and they're going down to patagonia that's also where eric and joanna are on their way south right now they're three quarters of the way through mexico working their way um, to patagonia uh, they've tried this will be their third time the first time they went down they were turned around because of covid the second time they made it all the way to Nicaragua, and then there was a civil war going on in Nico, and so they had to turn around and drove all the way back to Canada where they have like an airstream that they live in when they're not in France and Canada. And so this is their third attempt of driving all the way back down there in this old van again. And it's, yeah, it's like, wow. That's so wild. I love that. But so I, you know, I ran into Mac and Owen and we talked for years on Instagram, but we had never actually met in person. I spent another probably week or two with them. They're more into surfing and spearfishing and stuff. So we spent more time on the Pacific side, went up to Scorpion Bay, a big surf break, and also did even a more technical four-wheel drive road than I did with uh, Eric and Joanna. They cut across the middle of Baja, they have a big jacked up Tundra on 35 inch tires. So it'll go anywhere you point it really. And my van does pretty good. So we we spent three days doing a pretty, very rocky. It was by far the, uh, the most I've ever used low range in my van to date where I didn't even take it really out of low range for like three days straight because not only the rocky uphills, but the downhills. It was just nice having that low gearing to kind of just like crawl down without using the brakes and letting it, you know, do its thing. I think that what made the trip for me was the people, you know, it was a great place. But overlanders or world travelers like that are like my people. And it just felt so good, you know, running into these people and swapping stories and being on this, you know, level playing field where they're in love with travel and new experiences. They're in love with cameras. They're in love with their vehicle and where they're going in it. And I was just like, you know, people I didn't know that well felt closer to me than a lot of people I've met since moving to Durango just because of that relativity, I guess we had. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think just being with and finding your community, you know, and that can be like, let alone getting out and being in Baja, but just in traveling, but just like finding your people can be harder when you're in a wheelchair and there are certain barriers. And it's just really, really incredible to hear you're hanging with your peeps in remote Baja. That is, that is what it's all about right there. I will be back. It, It has solidified it again that I'm, probably next winter going back again i'm like this is too too nice so skiing skiing's off till maybe 20 yeah, i don't know i don't know if skiing's really gonna be my sport turns out oh <laughs> uh, it's great i think overlanding and off-roading is a solid sport as well so yeah, we'll see uh or equally a solid sport yeah kirk is planning to head back down to baja this winter in fact he's pretty sure it will be an annual trip He's also started a business building wheelchair accessible camper vans for folks with disabilities. And of course, he's riding his bike a lot and exploring Durango, Colorado, where he lives. 
To get in touch with Kirk, follow him at impact.overland on Instagram or shoot him an email at kirk at signimpactoverland.com. Editing and sound design for this episode by Jesse LaFontaine and Riss Beckford. Hosted and produced by me, Tim Brown. If you enjoy The Unexpected Journey, please share it with others and rate and write a review on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, embrace the journey.